We're watching films on the toilet Cause that's what dads have to do When the movie's unsuitable for your kids Then pretend you need a number two If you need a break from your family or spouse There's a lavatorial picture house Watch Terminator 2 while you're sitting on the loo Enjoy the whole of Rambo 4 with your trousers on the floor We're watching films on the toilet How about you? How'd you like that? Yeah, good noises, and uh, they were on on point this week. Very thematic. Do you want any more? One more. Okay, how about? Is that someone doing the hit or someone getting hit? The listener can decide. Can't wait for the the results of that to come rolling in. (laughs) Oh, um, I think uh, it was actually... Yeah, whatever. Yeah. That's what our listener sounds like, doesn't it? Yeah, just like that. Yeah. All right, listener, you idiot. Oof, harsh words. Yeah, why not? Come on, it's, a, it's a fight. It's a fight one. Yeah, it's going to be pretty aggressive this episode, isn't it? <clears throat> it's going to be aggressive. So let's start, start as we mean to go on. Mm. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a clown. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, do you want to fight? Do you want some? Do you want some? Yeah, come on, let's have a fight. Come on, let's do it. Let's go. <sighs> Amen. Yeah. You are aggressive today. I know. I bring that out of you, don't I? Every time I just look at you, I want to destroy something. That's why this podcast has worked so well. It's just constant tension. I know. Anyway, welcome to... Well, actually, no, not welcome. You've stumbled upon, you know, because, you know, let's... <laughs> I'll just say it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's too aggressive. Let's tone it down. Hi. Uh, welcome to Watching Films on the Toilet, a podcast with myself, Ben, and this guy. Hello. Oh, yeah, I'm Eamon. He's called Eamon, in which we've been sitting on the toilet, haven't we? Watching movies that we can't watch with our kids, and then we talk about them. Eventually. Yeah. Talk about other things first. But eventually today, we're only going to be talking about Creed 3. Oof. Creed 3, directed by and starring mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. But, first of all, before we get to old, old Adonis... Have we got any correspondence, any feedback, any letters from last week's episode? Yes, I have a letter. Yeah? Right, I have a letter right here. Okay, well, I think I think you can go first this week then. Okay, I will. Dear watching films on the toilet, it's Winston Sunshine here, the literate bear from episode thirty-two. If you remember, I was. <laughs> wow. If you remember, I was compelled to write in last time because of Ben's bear racism. Anyway, mm. I'm writing in today following your review of Cocaine Bear. As you well know, that film was based on a true story. What you will not know is that I was good friends with that dear bear. <laughs> that bear's name was Tony Randall. <laughs> I, did not, I did not care for the sensational tabloid-style version of events as portrayed in the movie. First of all, Tony was a bloody man. The bear in the oh. movie is a mother, for Christ's sake. Tony had balls and a big hairy c- <laughs> Oh no. Secondly, he did did not find a big bag of cocaine and just eat it. He started, much as most of us do, by socially smoking weed. It's cliche to say, but he started chasing bigger, more intense highs, and by the end, he was injecting speedballs between his toes so his wife and Randall <laughs> wouldn't see. It was a very sad day when Tony finally succumbed to his addictions. Again, this is something the film got wrong with the bear living happily ever after with her cubs. In real life, Tony was so addled with coke and horse 
that he came to believe that he was some kind of bear, evil Knievel, stealing a motorcycle and attempting to jump over a ravine. Needless to say, Tony didn't make the jump. He was blown to smithereens in a huge fireball, which I'm sure Eamon would have loved to have seen in a movie. <laughs> Perhaps Eamon wouldn't be quite so pleased if he knew that such was the extent of Tony's injuries that his poor widow Anne was forced to have a closed casket at the funeral service. <laughs> Regards, Winston. What a treat to hear from Winston, Winston again. Sunshine. Didn't that's the kind of I, character you didn't think would be making a comeback? But there you go. No, it's honestly not. Um, mm. I hadn't. I'll be honest. I hadn't thought about Winston for quite a while. <laughs> in fact, it took it took me a moment to uh, to picture him in my head again. Uh, yeah. But you know, I caught on. But it sounds like he's been through a lot. Poor old Tony Randall. Tony Randall and his poor wife Anne. The bear community must be quite cross about this film. It doesn't portray them in a particularly flattering light. No, well, it should really be more like a, a wet cream for a dream with bears. That's what it sh- should have That's been. That's right. Yeah. Just a, so rather than any sort of bear attacks, mm. we just follow the bear around and just see his sort of head space and health generally collapse yeah until he's maybe received some electric shock treatment or maybe he gets drawn into a circle of bears and he's forced to uh you know mm. with another bear because there's that bit isn't there in the film there is yeah the best yeah, bit that's... you always say <laughs> oh no i'm sure you've made that joke before and uh we're not <laughs> we're not we're not going to do that. I, you know, I've never actually again. seen it. I don't. I've never actually seen it, so I don't know what that scene is. If you knew what you just implied, then mm. you would find it even funnier. Right. Uh, do you have any correspondence, Ben? I do. Yeah, I've also received a letter. So last week you shared a toilet news story um, in which there was a a smelly Tesco store, mm. uh, and various people had been quoted saying it smelled. It was smelly. They didn't go there anymore. And one person was quoted as saying. Well, you, you said that they made it all about them. Yeah. Uh, they said that they, they'd been told that they had a very sensitive sense of smell. Mm. Um, and we, we debated as to, as to whether that person was a male or a female. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they, they've written a letter. Okay. Um, so to address a few things. So Okay, so uh, it goes like this. Dear Watching Films on the Toilet. I wanted to address the comments you made about me on the last episode of your show. You claimed I made a new story all about me because I was quoted as having a sensitive sense of smell. That is not true, and I am deeply offended. First, sensitive smell is a thing. I have a rare medical condition called hyperosmia. And FYI, I'm a very selfless person. I try to help other people as much as I can, which is actually very difficult because my stressful job takes up a lot of my time. But I do a lot of work for charities, and if you look on my Facebook page, you'll see lots of photos of me helping out at soup kitchens. I'm just a really good person. Last year, I accidentally knocked a man off his bike in the middle of a country lane. It was dark and there was no one else around. And I think you'll agree that most people would have driven off. But I called an ambulance and waited with him until I heard the sirens. So (laughs) I could go on and I will. Recently, I attended my best friend's wedding at a castle in Buckinghamshire. Because I love her so much, I wrote an original song, which she said I didn't have to perform because she knows I suffer from performance anxiety. But I was really brave, and I stood up after the groom did his speech, which no one expected, and I sang my heart out for my best friend. In future, maybe you should try not to judge people before you get to know them. And if you wanted me to be a guest on your podcast, then I would consider it. (laughs) Yours sincerely, Yamzin. It's an unusual name, isn't it? Yeah, 
It's like Yasmin, but different. Yamsin. Yamsin, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. You don't get a sense of whether that's a, a, a man or a woman. Yeah, it, it, it could go, it still could go either way. We were absolutely convinced it was a woman. And you were, but I was on the fence. I said it was a woman, then you said it was probably a shrill woman. A <laughs> shrill it's good that we're, we're recording this on International Women's Day. Aren't we? <laughs> um, so, yeah. big, big respect to all the ladies in the world. So, a bit of toilet news? There's some bit of toilet news. Okay. Woman traumatised by boyfriend's odd habit on the toilet, but other men also confess. Oh, okay. What we do in the privacy of the toilet is not something that often gets spoken about, and usually for good reason. Mm. But one woman has been left traumatised after discovering her boyfriend's pooping habit, which has left her wanting answers. She turned to Reddit to ask if these antics were normal, but was left stunned by the responses. My boyfriend just took his shirt off to take a, a rude word for a poo. I've never heard of this. Is this his thing? The woman was flooded with replies, mostly coming from men who, who confessed they do exactly the same sometimes go even further. The general consensus was that taking your, your top off helps when you're struggling on the loo. And some people actually go completely what? naked. If you know it's going to be a doozy, go to strip down for minimal <laughs> obstacles, wrote one person in the comment section. Another added, if it gets too bad, I'll have to remove everything, even my watch. <laughs> but it's weird though, isn't it? It's certainly not something I've ever done. I'd actually, I'd get cold. You put on extra layers on top, don't you? <laughs> I keep a jacket on the back of the toilet door. <laughs> what do you take off? You just take off your wedding ring, don't you? I take off my... my <laughs> Have I told you this story that uh, Holly Willoughby's husband notoriously does this? He takes all his clothes off before he does poo. Oh, right. No, I didn't know that. Now I have this theory that he himself made up that rumour. Why? To cover for all the, like the actual horrible things he does. Maybe he's one of those people who who likes hanging themselves whilst they're <laughs> taking care of, care of themselves. Or dressing up like a baby or something. Yeah. And so yeah, like kind of this thing. is like his insurance. So if he ever gets mm. caught, someone's just yeah. like, Do you really I saw um heard Dan Baldwin like uh dresses up as a giant baby, then like chokes himself out. <laughs> and then people would be like, No, no, I can't be um because he already does something weird. So he can't do two yeah, weird he things. He's, he he's weird famous things. for that funny, mild, weird thing. So he, he can't do this slightly horrible, weird thing as well. That's my theory. Um, so we, we actually have another little toilet news story today. I know I don't normally share toilet news stories, but it was from old, old Big Ben of Extreme Horror Replay Podcast. Okay, Michigan City asked residents to cover toilets with plastic wrap. Um, residents in Michigan City are being asked to cover their toilets with plastic wrap while a contractor inspects sewer pipes. The equipment being used to clean out and run cameras through the city's sewer system and each home's connection to it can cause different levels of pressure, mm. which can then cause the toilet to splash. Hazel Park Water Sewer Superintendent Tim Young told the TV station. The city is looking for deficiencies and damaged pipes. So everyone's got to cover up their toilet because it might blow up. I mean, do they know when it's going to happen or do they just have to cover it and then just... I guess not. See what happens. I think it's just, it might happen any time. That could be bad, couldn't it? Oh, man. Imagine you'd have your heart in your mouth if you really had to go and you're like, got no choice, have to take the cling film off. That would be the longest couple of minutes of your life. You'd get payback, I suppose, should we call From it? From the toilet. A lot of payback, possibly, yeah. Yeah, you might you might go and it sends, sends it back where it came from. Yeah, plus interest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Someone else's. Someone else's has gone up there as well. (laughs) Exactly. What if? (laughs) What if you? uh, What if you're drinking from the toilet? You know that would be terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes you say, "I can't be can't be bothered to go to the the tap that's there." Oh, I'm right here. Going in the toilet. That would be terrible. That would be terrible, wouldn't it? At least, at least a few dozen people are going to forget about that cling film, aren't they? They're going to put the cling film on, go to bed. Yes. Next morning, yes. put their jacket yeah. on, run into the toilet, sit down, and then. And you know, if you went to drink from the toilet, you'd get your head caught. <laughs> you'd get your head caught up in all the cling film, wouldn't you? Yeah. You might choke yourself out. It's the sort of thing, uh, what's he called? Holly Willoughby's husband would be into. Yeah, exactly. Just, just throwing his head into a cling film toilet. Yeah, Dan, Dan Baldwin like, choked himself out on cling film whilst he's trying to drink toilet water. <laughs> no, no, no. He um, takes off all his clothes for a poo. That's what he does. Yeah, it's not that. People only do that. one weird thing. So it's that one that they he do. does. What's your one? Um, I've got loads of birds everywhere. You, you collect birds, don't I collect, you? Collect, but like alive or dead, and I just like collecting mm. birds. So I feel yeah. weird if I don't have like a bird in my pocket. In your pocket, yeah. What alive or dead? Could be either. He's the bird man, isn't he? Yeah. So <laughs> this is so weird. No, this is weird. Right, let's move on. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. <laughs> uh, at least we know. Yeah. At least we know that yeah. it's time to move on. We're both we're both agreed. All right, cool. So, on to Creed 3. The third Creed. Mm. Directed by old Michael B. Jordan. Mm. How did you see Creed 3? Went to the pictures again. What sort of screen did you see it on? Because last time you would... Oh, I had to see it on the big one for like £80. Did you see it on a reasonable one this time? I went up to the uh, booking clock, the teenager behind the desk, and I was like... I want to see this in the smallest screen you have. One up from a big television. Did you get it? Yeah. So it was uh, it was only like eight eight pounds or something. I'm pleased for you. I also went to the cinema, bought a, a pick and mix, some sweets for myself, and I was given the most ridiculous cup. It was three pounds for a small cup. It was a like drink cup, a tiny one. How many sweets do you think you got in there? I managed to pack it full you know you, you get your elbow in you get your yeah well what i would do is so presumably you layer the foamy sweets on the bottom so you can really compact them and then what i would use is maybe a handful of the uh cable sweets which are my personal favorite well what we did with the cable well let me finish sorry pardon me <laughs> let me finish thank you Eamon, i'm sorry yeah i'm sorry thanks it's good we need to i don't want there to be any kind of resentment between us going into this review so fuck's sake (laughs) please continue okay yeah no i will do we could talk that out so you lay it no please do please do can i go now Mm. right (laughs) i put a layer Mm. of the foamy style sweets yes then i get a handful of the cables because they're they're rigid smart, and they're quite solid. And I'd use those to tamp down the foamy sweets. It's really squash them down. Yeah. Then perhaps a layer of your jelly sweets, so your cola bottles, 
I mean, I'm assuming you're going for fizzy Coca bottles and not the non-fizzy ones. What you're describing here is the kind of treatment you would give an adequate pick and mix cup. This cup was tiny. You could do maybe two layers. If you did foam and jelly, that's basically fill, filled up the cup. But you're not tamping them down, Ben. I d- that's, that's I, okay, okay, okay then. Next time, Tamp them down. You're, we're yeah, going to do get... this challenge. We're going to pick a mix challenge. Fine. We're taking cups to our respective cinemas and we're going to see what we can do. Who gets the most? I get at least five or six layers with my tamping method. Full of it, mate. What I did do with the cables was uh, left them hanging out of the top. Of course you would, yeah. So yeah. they didn't take much space. Mm. That was good. So looked like an absolute disgrace <laughs> carrying this <laughs> cup. <laughs> With cables hanging out of it. I told you, I made the most of it. I wasn't messing around. Oh, you have to. Or you can also do, if you put enough cables around the outside, is essentially make a bigger cup. Build up the cup, yeah. Did you sort of weave them together like a a wicker, like a wicker basket? That's right. Yeah. Wicker cup. Yeah. Um, So the cup ended up being massive and it was, Mm. well, it was fine. Um, It doesn't say I'm not allowed to weave it into a wicker style basket, mate. (laughs) Get over it. What are you going to do about it? So for the summer we, uh, which is a summary I will do of the film and it take, the time it takes Eamon to do a very long we, uh, what did you drink for me that provided this we? Well, in, in honour of the, uh, <laughs> I, I'm quite sure product placement, I'd be amazed if, if uh, Hennessy was not in partnership with the... the yeah, I, th- I think they might have been. You saw a sign for it like every other scene. I drank a I drank a tumbler of Arrival brandy actually. Oh, okay. See the really cheap Napoleon one that you get in corner shops. Nice. It's really horrible. I drink it with Mountain Dew, which I believe is the way you're supposed to have it. Oof. I mean, I believe that's what grown-ups do. I'm pretty sure that's what. Uh, there's that scene where they drank the Hennessy and they both topped topped up their glasses with Mountain Dew. They had a big tumbler of that. Yeah. Oh, that sounds delicious. Gives you a minute and nineteen seconds. Not bad. Right, you ready? Mm-hmm. Three, two, one, go. So, we opened 20 years ago. Young Adonis Creed sneaks out to watch his pal Damien compete in a boxing match. Turns out, he's pretty good. But on the way home, Adonis sets upon this abusive fella called Leon. Damien pulls a gun to break up the fight and gets sent to jail for 18 years, while Adonis becomes a heavyweight champion of the world. 20 years later, Creed wins a rematch against Ricky Conlon, who has mercifully little screen time, and retires. His wife, Tessa Thompson, is producing songs for other artists because of her hearing loss, and his daughter is beating up horrible white girls at school, which I would have liked to have seen more of. Damien gets out of jail, and having stayed in pretty good shape, he's keen to get back in the ring, going so far as to break another fighter's arm so that he can have an accelerated title shot. There's a lot of resentment between Damien and Adonis, but because they're big men, they can't just talk about it. No, they have to have a big fight in front of many, many people. Damien wins his title fight, and after goading Creed, he agrees to step into the ring for one last spectacular battle. They train hard, spend a lot of time looking in mirrors, forcing us to wonder... Are they fighting each other or themselves? In the 12th round of their gruelling battle, Creed knocks out Damien and then they have a little chat where they forgive each other and themselves, which is all very tidy. And then Creed has a fight in the ring with his daughter and knocks her out. The end. (laughs) Uh, Remember that bit? You remember that bit at the end where he lamped out his his young daughter? Freeze frame as she's making contact. Yeah, it's brutal. What were your first impressions of Creed 3? My first impression was no Rocky. No Rocky. Was there room for Rocky? Not really. I suppose 
the last thing he did was he overcame cancer and reconciled with his son, which I suppose were like the two yeah. big fights left for him. But I did notice his absence. Yeah. I felt really... Like, I know this is Michael B. Jordan's first like directorial debut. It, it felt very sound. Okay. But I didn't feel very emotional at all. I don't think he's a particularly good actor, I have to say. Really? Michael B. Jordan. I think... Not sure about that, Eamon. I didn't really care about him. I, th- I was very invested in Jonathan Majors. Yeah. Because he's a really good actor. But I think he gave a lot of the meat over to Damien. And in that respect, I think he's quite a generous performer. Mm. Every time Jonathan Majors came on the screen, I was... He's really good. He's a really good actor. There's something about him that, yeah, you just want to watch. I felt like watching all the elements of the story together, it's like I could see the logical progression of each one of these points, but I didn't really care that much. I was just like, this is making sense because of that other thing that they said. And therefore the next scene sort of makes sense as well. Yeah, I think the story was a bit by numbers and him getting that title shot quite as quickly as he did and then Creed agreeing to fight him and it was all written well, but it it didn't quite. Yeah, exactly. I didn't... It, I don't know anything about professional fighting, but I'm pretty sure things like that don't really happen. No, I don't think so. But, you know, for the movie it worked. And I wasn't too bothered about Sly not being around. The issue I had with the other Creeds, and I really enjoyed them, but the antagonist, they weren't characters. They were just bad men. I mean, Dolph was sort of the bad guy in the previous film. Mm. Um, And that was very much still... In the past, I think Michael B. Jordan wanted to update Mm. this and tell the Adonis Creed story. Mm. And Majors, he was a good opponent for him. And and he had a really compelling story. But it was the, as I said, they were, it was the internal struggle, wasn't it? (laughs) The internal struggle. And I like that this is a movie that, in very broad strokes, says that men need Mm. to talk, don't we? We can't just batter each other in the face. We've got to chat about our problems. Hey, is there anything on your mind? I want to... I feel like a lot of resentment towards me. Is there anything you want to let out? Yeah, I want to batter you. You want to batter? Yeah. So you didn't didn't take anything away from the film in that respect. You you still want to batter me. I think the reason I feel so conflicted is I have this unresolved drive to batter you. Mm. Mm. That's the source of my internal pain. So if I did get to batter you, then I, I feel fine. Oh, right. You'd feel better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's, yeah. All right. Fair enough. What what serious, deep-seated, possibly child-based trauma are you willing to share? Well, we all know you got kidnapped by a Frenchman. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I did. That's true. I'm not kidnapped. Just helped. Helped. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it sound so much worse. I mean, I've I've talked about this before, haven't I, on the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Just I got lost in France when we were on a school trip. Yeah, and you I, got kidnapped by a Frenchman. And a Frenchman took me back to the bus eventually and that's not a euphemism he actually (laughs) (laughs) drove me back to to the bus um which was weird really weird Mm. um but no you know i was very impressed with uh just majors just majors in general and there's a there's a lot of buzz going around i thought the same thing when i watched it that this could actually be tied into the mcu in some way like (laughs) damien could be a kang couldn't he well, they're going to say that about every character he plays forever now. Yeah, yeah, he could this be a could, Kang. He could like, technically be a Kang. But I think he, Damien could. I think he could be a Kang. But there's that bit where he jump, he pulls himself up those ropes. I like that bit. 
Yeah. Can you do that? Of course I can. Have you ever had a fight? Not really. Only ever been set upon in a nightclub once. Someone like choke slammed me to the floor. What? We were in a mosh. Where, which was that? Was that and in Plymouth? No, it was in. It was at university. Yeah. And he he thought I'd elbowed him in the face. Yeah. And I hadn't. He yeah he grabbed me and he slammed me on the floor. I was like whoa, only little. Yeah. And then the bouncers took us both out and left us in a little area together, <laughs> which is quite an odd thing idea, to do. Yeah. He was like, oh, sorry, mate, sorry, mate. <laughs> and I sort of said, oh, um, I, I, it's okay, because he was massive. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. And then, that, But that was kind of, I, yeah. I wasn't really up for any more fun that yeah. night after that. Once you've been choked, slammed, you're like, oh, I think I'm just going to go home. But no, you know, I'm not violent. My anger is it's always projected inwards, not outwards. And I think, I think you're quite similar. Like I got set upon when I was like a kid at school by some wrong ends. Mm. Was I with you? Yeah, you, we were together. That was unpleasant. But I remember being in Clapham Junction and I hailed a taxi and this really pissed guy uh, just started getting in and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa no, no, this is, this is my taxi. Mm. And, and I got in and <laughs> he was obviously like a few, few seconds like slow because then he was he started going mental he was just oh this is mine and i just i couldn't think of anything else to say i just just looked at him and i went grow up <laughs> and then i got in the taxi and then he started smashing on the on the windows and grow he went up. he was like ap- apoplectic it's good i wish i'd th- thought of something wittier but actually in the heat of the moment that was quite a good thing to have said quite i like it it's really patronizing it's so patronizing i would have liked to have seen when they were in their uh in their little huddle thing mm. if one of them just was like yeah grow up <laughs> and then they push each other away yeah. i think that would be pretty good if he'd not been been so drunk i would not have finished that sentence it would have been grow up and then i would have been yeah. laid <laughs> out <laughs> completely yeah but mm. You took advantage of him, so it's fine. Mm. You took advantage of his situation. It's good. Yeah. yeah weird one. I mean, you, you did become the UFC heavyweight champion as well, didn't you, for a while? Yeah, and uh, whenever I was doing like the, the trash talking beforehand, I'd just say, grow up, really That's loudly. Right. grow up. Yeah. You were called Eamon, hella violent Eamon, weren't you? Yeah, Eamon twice. Yeah, <laughs> twice. Yeah. Eamon, hella violent Eamon. Fighting in the blue corner. He is a mixed martial artist from Plymouth, England. Amon, hella violent Amon. <laughs> really wish I'd given it more thought. I know. Yeah. Fighting. It was good. You had a good run, didn't you? That's <laughs> it. Yeah. Six. Yeah. Six losses. No wins. <laughs> but still, somehow you became champ. You just cower. I would cower in the corner. It's a bit like uh, Damien. No wins. That thing he does with his arms, where it's sort of horizontal, is that a legit way of blocking punches? I would assume it's so. Vertical, right? They usually, when you're defending yourself in boxing, you have your two arms in front of you vertically. Yeah. I've never seen someone do that before. Can't say I have, but. And it's kind of the thing I thought was a bit lame. It's like that's how he's like defending himself the whole time. He has these two arms, and then Creed's cool way of getting around it is to punch in between yeah. the arms and hit him in the face. That's not that clever, Creed. It doesn't sound like you're that impressed with the fights. I, I really like visceral fights because I was thinking about fights I really liked, and obviously Raging Bull. Yeah, I think the best boxing movie. 
It's really interesting because apparently Scorsese didn't care <laughs> about the boxing bits at all, or didn't care about boxing. Right. He was, he was interested in, in the, the, the character. But obviously he used lots of dramatic effects. He did. But it, it, it all added to like the feel of the fight. Yeah. Whereas what I didn't like about the fighting scenes in this was how clean everything was and how choreographed the camera was to, to move with the, the fighting sequences. He used a bolt camera, which is uh, cameras on a big metal arm that can just repeat moves over and over again very accurately. Mm. I thought the best part was the beginning, actually, the first fight he had with Ricky, where he mm. was, you had the point of view where he was looking at particular parts of his body. And then it just this really slow motion, like punched him in various places and the camera yeah. would move around. I thought that was really cool. I thought that looked good. See, I didn't like that. You didn't like that? I think that'd be great in like any other sort of like combat thing. But I sort of feel like with boxing, it probably is limited a bit because you're used to what you watch on, on TV. I just sort of feel that you have to sort of work within those confines. Like I really didn't like the bit where in the final fight where all of a sudden they're boxing inside a prison and then like an empty, empty stadium. I was just like, that didn't actually enhance it for me. That took me completely out of the fight. Michael B. Jordan's a big anime fan. So that was part of his whole anime influence. So he just wanted it to be just them and show that it was, you know, the battle was more internal, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that could have looked better. It did just look like they were in a big cloud. Yeah. But I liked, there was quite a lot of point of view stuff like, it looked like a lot of punches came from the camera. Yeah. I thought they made an impact. But yeah, I mean, looking back at the first Creed movie, where Ryan Coogler did, did a lot of like one take mm-hmm. fights. So they would go on and on. They were really yeah. good. I guess for Adonis, beating Damien really didn't, he didn't gain that much because it wasn't about beating him. So that all kind of made the fight a little bit redundant. Mm. And they just both looked a bit disappointed at the end. Yeah, I think that's another yeah good way of saying that that was not a helpful way of resolving that issue. There no. wasn't a big catharsis yeah. as a result of that fight. It's a, yeah, I don't know how they could have sorted that. Maybe Damien should have um, killed his wife. <laughs> they needed to, to do something to make... Because I actually, I was thinking all the way through... I know he's going to do something bad to make it paint him in a bad light. Yeah. And I know he, he paid that guy to break uh, Drago's hand, mm. which is obviously not very nice. And it's then not he, very nice. No. He, he uh, cold cocked Donnie when they he had that confrontation. But I was just like, you know what? This guy spent 18 years in prison because of something that you did. So even those two things doesn't really mitigate against the fact that, that you and I know the whole point is that it wasn't his fault. It was because of this abuser. But yeah. it didn't do a sufficient job at, at making me dislike Dame. Yeah. I was just kind of like, he deserves all this because he's had a rotten life. Yeah. Didn't paint him as, as a sufficient bad guy. All right. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Stop that now. Stop that. What would you... What are you going to do? What are you going to... No, no, no. What are you going to do? Right, well, let me build it up. I have to say, don't I? Fine. It's not about you and me. We're not fighting, Eamon. <laughs> so, either one of us, would we mm. flush this film away like Damien's life is flushed away when Adonis sets up on Leon mm. and he pulls that gun to stop it all? Or would you 
fishes out mm. like Damien fishes his own career out of the ether when he returns from prison and takes the shot. Mm. You want me to go first, don't you? You go first, yeah. Okay, well, despite not everything landing as it should have, I very, very much enjoyed Jonathan Major's performance. I thought it was a pretty slick directorial debut from old B. Jordan. Mm. And I really enjoyed it. So I would fish it out. What about you? Well, yeah, I am going to flush it. I think it does feel harsh because it's not a poorly made film. It's not a bad film. No, it's not. It's just a very by-the-numbers film. Also, I was extremely tired when I watched this. And uh, I actually fell asleep (laughs) during the end fight. Well, no wonder you didn't enjoy it. But that's quite telling, isn't it? A brutal fight is not not dynamic enough to keep me awake. Well, no, you're just tired. I also drank an, an enormous, lovely, milky hot chocolate. And um, I wore my dressing gown to the uh, cinema as well. You wear slippers to the cinema, don't you, as well? And the slippers. And had one of those um, wee willy winky yeah. hats. The yeah. Scrooge wears, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you wore yeah. and had a candle, a light candle to show me to my, uh, to my thing. Yeah. So that might be, I was a little bit, I was generally a bit sleepy. Imagine if you sat at the back of the cinema, some guy <laughs> walks in, the candle, like using it to see his seat number. Ooh. Okay, well, that's fair enough. Yeah. And I feel bad because I also flushed Ant-Man Quantumania yeah, and I did. thought Jonathan Majors was very good in that as well. Okay. So this is no no personal slight on his acting because I think he's great and I can't wait to see him in, in some other stuff. I've not, not seen him in, in, in anything before. Well, maybe we should flush the films but put Jonathan Majors in the tank of glory. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to flush Creed Three. Bye bye, Cree 3. But we're going to put Jonathan Majors in the tank of glory. Uh, so, what are the films that he might replace? So, in our tank of glory, we have Brawl in Cell Block 99, Top Gun Maverick, Trespass, Copland, mm-hmm. and Banshees of Inner Sheeran. Oof, okay. I've written down the films. Mm-hmm. So, first to remain in the tank is the Banshees of Inner Sharon. Good. Good. Next to remain is Top Gun Maverick. Good. Okay. Trespass. Oh. Oh. I think that's maybe the one I wanted it to be. So, it's between Brawl in Cellbot 99 and... Copland. I think we know which one we want to stay. So... Could this be the end of the road? Oh, no. Staying is Copland. Oh. So that means Brawling Cellbot 99 has been replaced by the actor, (laughs) Jonathan Majors. (laughs) Oh, it was such a good long run. How long has Brawl been in there for? Episode 11, that's been in since <laughs> since almost two years. That's been in since April the 6th, 2021. But, you know, I think the actor Jonathan Majors is a worthy replacement for Brawl in Cell Block 99. He is great. So, so there we go. 
Hmm. All right. Well, uh, time for this week's top five. Let's blast through this because, you know, it's getting late. We're dads. We've got to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Eamon and me will guess each other's top five choices on the theme, sports films. Mm-hmm. Uh, the winner gets to pick next time's film and the loser does a forfeit. So, Eamon, mm-hmm. you lost last time. You get the first pick. Let's do this. Okay. Double. Raging Bull. Yep. Of course. Uh, okay. Field of Dreams. No. Okay. Your pick. Was that a double? No. Never seen it. I heard it was good. It is good. Mm. Thought you liked it. But yeah, I mean, you're right. sort of out of your element now with the sports. This is this is my territory. Yep, very much so. Yeah. That's why I want to do this quickly. Get this over and done with. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, Rocky one? Yeah, Rocky one. Not a double. Not a double, no. Only the, probably the greatest sports movie of all time, but why would it be on your list? <laughs> um, okay, so i got to get this or I've lost straight away. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, this is a double. Jerry Maguire. Nope. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. fine. I lost. Did you go absolutely destroyed there? Oh. As I suspected. I thought I'd lose. Because you just don't do sports, do you? Whatever. Don't care, I'm over it already, mate. So what was your top five? Uh, Jerry Maguire, mm-hmm. The Wrestler, mm-hmm. Rocky, Raging Bull, and The Bad News Bears. Oh, okay. So yeah, uh, Raging Bull, of course, is the greatest sports film of all time, not Rocky. So wrong there. Um, so I had that. Uh, the Damned United, which is a football film, it's English soccer. Is that actually good? So um, about Graham Clough, you know, not Graham Clough, Brian Clough. Do you know who Brian Clough is? No. He's a very charismatic manager. He took a very small team to the European Cup. Good. Um, but it's about his experiences. Carry elsewhere. on. So that was good. Uh, also had The Wrestler. Yeah, whatever. Um, Moneyball. Yeah. Which I think is a brilliant Brad Pitt film about baseball. Yeah, I enjoyed and that, yeah. Last one is a documentary, which is oh, Senna. A documentary? Brilliant. I'm surprised you didn't have that on your <sighs> list. Sigh. It's a film, isn't it? Sigh. Have you seen Senna? No, I haven't seen it. You quite like uh, F1, don't you? Sometimes. I don't care for sports. No, I can tell. Well, that was a very decisive loss. So what's my forfeit this week, Eamon? Is to uh, have a, a fight with a heavyweight boxer. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. I got a game plan. Yeah. All right. And last week, you had to... to... Find some cocaine in the woods. That's right. You had to find some, find some drugs in the woods. So what happened? Mm-hmm. This is what happened. This week, I've been tasked with finding some drugs in the forest. So I've come to Chattahoochee National Forest in Georgia to try and find some. This is the actual location where cocaine was dropped and a bear ate it. So I reckon I've got a pretty good chance of finding some hard drugs. Let's get started. So I've been here a couple of hours and so far no sign of any drugs, but I have found some dodgy looking mushrooms, which is close enough. Let's eat them and see how high I can get. Oh god! Oh, oh man! So no crazy drugs trip for me, just searing stomach pain. Oh man, it hurts. Oh, oh good, I think I'm going to pass out now. I've just come to after an intense bout of vomiting. I feel a bit better now. Not sick at least, just a bit woozy. Oh, this is weird. Rabbits are coming straight to me. Hello there. You're very brave, aren't you? I don't fear you. I can see your soul. Oh, wow. You can talk. That's amazing. Tell me something. How come these trees are sort of moving? Why are you walking with a cane? You are experiencing a spirit vision. You must seek yourself. Why, you are in this elevated state. 
Oh, wow. How do I do that? You see that big cliff over there? Yes. Jump off it. Um, what? Yes, jump off. Are you sure? Yes. It is the only way to find inner peace. Okay, then. I know I've just met you, and even though your head is kind of pulsating, I trust you, little rabbit. Good. Then make the jump, young man. Find the answers you seek. Okay, here I go. Well, there we go. What are we going to watch on the toilet next time? Mixing up a little bit. Actually going to watch a, a film on the actual toilet at home. So, oh, okay, um, go on. South Korean action horror film, Train to Busan. Ooh. So we'll be watching that. And if I'm not mistaken, Ben, we'll be joined by a couple of special guests. We will. <laughs> we will. We're going to be joined by regular guest Alex Robson. Yep. And his very talented brother, comic book artist Ooh. for Marvel mm-hmm. and DCville, uh, Mr. Will Robson, oh. who has launched a Kickstarter for a zombie comic called Outbreaks, uh, which he's going to be chatting about, which is very exciting. So we're doing we're doing a zombie movie for a zombie comic with some zombie guys. See what we did there. See what we did. Yeah. Mm. Tie it up in a nice yeah. bow. And, you know, that's, let's be honest, that's why we had Alex on the podcast so many times, so that eventually we'd have his brother on. We were using Alex to get to his brother. And it worked. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> Brilliant. So anyway, that'll be, that'll be good. Check your podcast channels. Okay, we're really going to say thanks to our Patreons. Yeah, uh, we have a Patreon. If you haven't signed up yet, if mm. you're not a Patreon... B1. Uh, but th- yeah, big thank you to our mm. patrons. Shout out to Raf, mm-hmm. who is one of our patrons. He's a jerk, isn't he? Oh, don't like that guy at all. No. Uh, also, Big Ben from Extreme Horror Replay Podcast. Thank you. What an idiot. Twat. I call that guy. Yeah, uh, what you said. Mm. Uh, also, uh, Foz, our old, our old school friend, oh, he's a patron. Dumbass. Such a dumbass. Just a tool, isn't he? Massive oh, tool. So th- really thick. And uh, and my mum. Your mum. Who oh, who God. signed up recently? Yeah. Um, I'm kind of sad that I've set this up this this strain of uh, insults mm. for patrons up this week because I realised I have to be rude about my mum. But I'm not going to do yeah, that. Yeah, let your mum have both barrels. <laughs> yeah. Shall I do it? No, let's let's end it there. Thank you. Thanks, mum. If you sign up for the Patreon, I'll tell you what I think about this, mum. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good incentive. Do a whole but um, yeah. anyway, next time, take care of yourselves. Don't punch anyone in the face. Just have a chat with them. Do you know what I mean? Take care of yourselves next time, but not now. <laughs> yeah. Now, take care of yourselves next just time. Go fucking mad. <laughs> the ne- next time, next time. Yeah. Right, do, do a better job of it. Yeah. Good. All right. All right. Keep flushing. Bye. 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 Bye.